Thanks, guys, for leading us in our sung worship. It's always good. I think that when we, when we start the service with sung worship, we're kind of like opening ourselves up, opening our hearts, opening our minds. We're focusing on what God has done for us. And that just paves a way for us to be able to receive what it is that he is wanting to talk to us about this morning and actually what he had been laying on my heart because I got to choose what to talk about this morning because we're not in the middle of a series or anything. And um, I, had, I had a couple of options. I was going one way and then I felt that, I really felt that it, I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. I was just, I, I couldn't come up with what I needed, what I was thinking, where it was going. And, and so where I landed was that God wants me to talk to you this morning about his goodness. And his goodness seems like that's such a simple thing, doesn't it? His goodness, but his goodness is so profound. So in... In the scriptures, we're going to look at the scriptures. Um, the opening one for me is that the Lord is good to all and his tender mercies are all over his works. His tender mercies and his goodness are all over his works, the works of his hand, the things that he has created. So God doesn't, do, doesn't just do good. He is good. It's part of his character. It's part of who he is. And in that scripture there, Psalm 119, it says, You are good and the source of good. Train me in your goodness. So we're going to hear a bit about God's goodness and what that means for us. We're going to hear about how we can work that out in our own lives. And then we're then going to go into move into what does that mean for how we treat and approach others. So here we go. So you are good and you do what is good. Teach me your statutes. Basically, teach us your ways. And really, the main way that we're going to understand about God's goodness and, and, and about who he is is through reading the Bible, through his word. It just, we're constantly, when we read the Bible, we can just, we, we experience his goodness as we actually read it. I know that I do, and a couple of weeks back, if you remember, Stefan was um, talking about the prayer course and about reading your Bibles and maybe reading Psalms as part of your prayers because they are actually, you know, humans interacting with God. It was David wrote the Psalms and some other people, but it was just their experience of life and how they would call on God. So Stefan was encouraging us to read Psalms to help us as a gateway to help us to pray. And I actually love the Psalms. Um, I'm into this one at the moment. It is at the Passion Translation of the Psalms, which is a translation of the Bible. Um, and I always go to the NIV or the King James Version too, just to get another understanding. But you know, when we look at different translations, it can actually open for us new ways of being able to see who God is and what that means for us. Now, God is good. And sometimes... God is good even if we don't think he is good. We can't actually, we're not the ones that can define who God is. God is God and God is good. And when he doesn't do what we think he should do, sometimes we might accuse him of failing to be good by our own standards, not his. And actually, just like us and how we are, God is who he is. And we cannot define who he is other than who he is. And God is good. 
And I looked up the definition of goodness just to perhaps broaden that a bit. And, and the couple of things that I got was kindness, generosity, excellence of quality, goodness of workmanship. But this is the bit that really got me right at the end. It said, goodness is the best part of anything, the essence, the strength. So you can relax this morning in the knowledge that God is good and in his goodness He gives the best of himself to us. He wants to bless us. He wants our lives to prosper. He wants us to know his goodness, not just as something that we know, but something that we experience, that we can actually feel his goodness as we're going about our day. Because otherwise, that makes us have a disconnect between who God really is and who we think he is. So we need to experience him for ourselves. And he also, in Psalms, we get this lovely invitation. In Psalms 34, 8, it says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Or in the message version, open your mouths and taste. Open your eyes and see how good is. Blessed are you who run to God, not from him. I sometimes think that when we have a when we have a faulty understanding of who God is and his goodness, when we hit some hard stuff in life, when we hit challenges, maybe loss, um, sadness, just problems. And, And I know that when I say that, I'm talking to a group of people that will be experiencing those things. All of us have problems, all of, be they small, minor or major, but we all face problems and challenges in life. We all face difficulties. And actually, how we view God when we're in those moments, so how we view God before and then when we're challenged with those things can actually affect us and can cause us to turn away from God rather than to run to him. You know, the words are, if God was good, how could he he allow this to happen? And that is a really good question. And God is not frightened of our questions. He invites questioning. He can stand up to questioning. But the overall thing is that God is intrinsically good. The best of him is goodness, the essence that is who he is. So he says, taste and see. Try it. Try this. Try me. Test me and see. And when we begin a relationship with, our God, with God, our knowledge of him and our experience of him is partial and incomplete. So there's always more to it. We know that there is always more. Even as I've been preparing this, I, but even so, when I find that when I'm reading the word, and actually I, I have to say particularly the Psalms, I actually sometimes get quite, I still get quite overwhelmed by God's goodness towards me. And I cry loads when I'm reading the word. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not, hopefully I won't cry this morning, but it would be okay if I did. And it's actually okay if you do. You have permission to cry when God touches our hearts and he warms our hearts and he changes us from the inside out. So we can taste and see. But as we go along, we discover more and more that he is good and kind and loving, that he is who he says he is. And actually, you also, we also have to remember that we are us, and we've been born into a world where we've been born into a family. We have life experiences, depending on what culture, where we were born, which family we were born into, how we were looked after, how people have treated us since then in our relationships. We will actually see things the way that we see things. 
So we don't actually always see God as he really is, but we see him as we are. Does that make sense for you? It's one of those things that is quite... We don't always see him as he truly is because we're seeing him through the lens of who we are and what our experiences have been up to date in our life with regard to relationships and perhaps particularly people that are in authority figures over us. Our, our view can sometimes be a bit skewed. So that does have an effect on us and it has an effect on how we see God, how we actually view others, how we view ourselves and how we view our lives and our futures. And that's, that's pretty big stuff, isn't it? The way that we're viewing all this stuff. It's pretty big stuff. We've been talking about God's, singing about God's hope this morning. And I'm just thinking, you know, if you don't have hope for the future, that is, that is pretty debilitating, isn't it? And that's actually quite um, what I would call soul-destroying, that you have no hope for the future. And so the way we look at things is really important. But I love the fact that sometimes we don't have hope for the future because we don't have hope for the future. We might be sitting in a space where we don't have hope for the future. And the only way that I found hope for the future was by looking to God and learning about him and what he said about my future, about the future. He rewrites our stories. He rewrites our future. He, he's rewriting it as we go along and we get to understand it as we go along, as we continue to walk with him, as we continue to read our Bibles, as we continue to pray, as we continue to meet together and be with one another, as we continue to practice what we've learned <laughs> and just have a go, practice what we know on the go. <laughs> I love that. You know, what God has done in us, we can share with others. If we, if we have barriers to God's goodness and that which he wants to put in to us, which I... Let's face it, all of us are going to have one barrier or another. And they will all have different names, these barriers. Um, and I don't necessarily want to name them this morning, but we will all have, have had barriers and will still have certain barriers in our lives to what God, what God is wanting to do in us just because of our life experience. And in that case, we need others to help us see ourselves. We need trusted others. That's why this other business is so important. This one another is so important. We need one another to grow into the likeness of Christ. We need one another. No man is an island. No one gets somewhere by themselves. We need help. We need one another. And sometimes we're resistant to help. Anyone resistant to help? I know that that is something that has had to be worked through in my life, I'm just saying, and actually continues to have to be worked out in my life. Because you see, when we've been wounded, when we've been hurt, when things perhaps, when we've had disappointments, just the stuff of life, things that will happen to everyone really in one shape, form of another, we will have all experienced disappointments and hurts and disillusionments. We'll have all been wounded, some of us more than others, but we will all have then erected erected walls and barriers that actually we probably may not be aware of and it takes others to point them out in us <laughs> very gently and very lovingly just as God does. So God generally shows us his goodness through his word. He reveals it to us but then he mainly we get to experience his goodness through one another, through others and the way people are good to us and then we get to be good to others too. So we do not see things as they are. So the Bible tells us 
how God feels towards us, but it doesn't say too much about we feel, what we feel about ourselves. <laughs> and actually, that's the bit that is really important, how we view ourselves. And to do that, we need to position ourselves in places and with people that we can trust, sometimes even professionals. I've had professional help before, and I think I probably will need it again at some point in my life. But we, we need professional others, maybe counsellors, you know, people like that, just or trusted friends that we can just work this stuff out. Remember, when we're saved, we are once and for all saved, and our sin is covered, but we work out our salvation. We work out what it means to truly live as God intended us to live, to be like his son, Jesus Christ. An example of this, so how we feel in response to how God sees us is on the other side of the equation, really. In this way, our relationship with God is like any other relationship. So as an example, I've just picked this up, a husband can love his wife deeply, but that doesn't ensure that his wife is going to feel loved. She may be deeply cared about and accepted, and at the same time, unable to accept the love her husband has for her. If she is ever going to feel his love, she is going to have to find out what it is inside of her that is keeping her from believing and fully experiencing it. So we need to look inside ourselves. If we, if we feel that there are barriers, known felt barriers between us and God, we need to look inside ourselves. And, we, and God will help us in that. And one of the greatest gifts, actually, that we can give to each other, one of the greatest things... In, in where we can do real good to each other is to help each other to examine our spiritual sight so we can see our lives correctly. I love that, don't you? Help us to examine our spiritual sight so that we can view our lives correctly, view who God is correctly, view our lives correctly. We need others to help us. So I have a question for you to just think of as we're going along, but are you aware that you have any barriers that prevent you from receiving good things, not just from God, but from others? Barriers and walls are there to protect us from harm, but they can also stop us from experiencing the best that God has for us, where we just stay in our safety, comfort zone, because that feels safe for us. And don't get me wrong, it is really important that we feel safe, God wants us to feel safe. He is our protector. He wants us to feel safe. And we need to, when we're discussing anything personal and very private with others, really, things that have really been hard for us, actually, we need to do a little check that the person that we're sharing with is a safe person for us. But you see, God's goodness leads to change. <laughs> The goodness of God leads people to repentance. It says that in Hebrews. And what that really means, it means simply to change. To change direction. God leads people to change their mind. We can, you know, we could have a view of God that isn't correct. And God can help you to change your mind about him. The taste and see that he is good. He can help you to change your mind on the way that you view him. I've often had changes of mind and changes of heart. My thinking has been challenged by what God has said to me, what others have said to me, 
and I've sat with it and I've realized that I had faulty thinking for one reason or another. So how we view God, he can help us change. Goodness changes people. I'm just thinking, say if, um, <clears throat> I'm just thinking of all the stories in the Gospels where Jesus was interacting with people and um, he always met them with, with kindness. You know, even though there were people that were caught in sin, where others, you know, like the lady that was caught in, found in adultery and the townsmen had come out because they just wanted to do away with her and stone her. And Jesus said, hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. If any one of you has not sinned, then you go ahead. You, if that's you, you be the one that throws that stone. Jesus, in that moment, he didn't dismiss her sin. He didn't say that it was okay what she was doing. But in that moment, he loved her. And he kept looking at her. He was focusing on her. He loved her in that moment. And we need others to love us in the moments of our lives where it's really hard to love us, to be honest with us and point out that, yes, maybe that isn't, the right, that isn't the right thing to do. Why did you do that? What was your thinking? But at the same token, love us enough and stick with us. Stick with us through that journey. And that's what God does with us. His goodness, he just wants to bless us so much. He wants us to have everything that he has for us. In fact, everything that he has for us, he's already given it to us through his son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, who died for our sins so that we could have this intimate relationship with the Father. And when I say intimate, I'm talking about just knowing him and him fully knowing him and him allowing him to fully know us, even though we know he does anyway. But it's such a freeing thing to be able to sit before, sit in your quiet time and just tell God how awful you are. <laughs> well, how awful I am. Sorry, I'm talking about me here, okay? How awful you are. How awful I am. And then I do that. And then, you know, he knows that already. So he's probably really laughing. But sometimes it's good for me to say that because I come because I know that I need his grace just as much as anyone else needs his grace. I need his goodness, I need his mercy, I need his love. I need all that stuff just as much as anyone else needs it. And then when I know, when I, I know that it's for me, that he's for me, that those things he has, that's his attitude towards me, that just really softens my heart and it breaks me actually. That's why I cry, because it breaks me. Because I know that really I'm not worthy of that, but I don't need to be worthy. I am worthy because Christ has paid the price so that I, I am now seen as being worthy in God's eyes. <laughs> hey? That's the only reason I can stand up here and talk to you guys. I'm telling you the truth. It is the absolute truth. His goodness is just life-changing. And it doesn't stop there in terms of he, when we receive God's goodness, let's not be people that hold on to just keep receiving and receiving and receiving and receiving. And then we, then we don't give out what God's given to us. Let's be known as being people that minister his grace. And God is good to us all the time, even when we don't deserve it. I know that we all know in here that there have been times when we just don't deserve God's grace. And the, the thing that gets you the most is, do you find that that's when he just shows it the most? 
And you're like, come on, what are you trying to do to me? But you see, that is what produces the change in people. Not pointing fingers, not pointing out, not saying you did this or you did that. What brings about changing people is goodness. Goodness leads to change. This repentance, this change of heart, this change of mind and change of attitude towards things. Goodness produces gratitude in people and grateful people are more inclined to help others. And actually, the basic qualification for helping others is not our theological experience as such or our training or our expertise. It is that you've been helped yourself. (laughs) Because there is that in it, that when we've been recipients of God's grace, he asks us to be gracious to others. Be gracious to others when they look like they might be falling. (laughs) Be gracious to others. Be kind and be good to others. Because when you do that, you don't know you may be entertaining angels or all sorts. You're just being good. You're known to be good. Someone who is doing good. So be found in his goodness so that others may find goodness through you. In 1 Peter 4.10, it says that people administer God's grace. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others. If that gift, whatever our gifts are, because we've all got different gifts, and actually some of us will have the gifts of help and, um, and things like that, but when we have that gift, if that gift isn't, isn't ministered to with love and kindness, then actually it means nothing. It means nothing. So let's check our attitude and our heart when we're helping people. Let's not do good so that everybody can see that we're doing good, that we're doing good deeds for that reason, that we're just doing good because we can, because we've received a lot of good ourselves. And we know what it's like to receive goodness when when we really, really need it, when we needed goodness to show up. So can we have that um, quote up? Yeah, thank you. So God has actually created us to be expressions of his goodness and to be expressions of the wholeness of God. So the language of love, so here we're moving into now in terms of what we're going to do, how we're going to do good to others, why we're going to do good to others, we've already looked at, but how we're just going to be good to people so that goodness and mercy actually follows us as we go about, so that when, I, when I'm going about my business, I'm leaving a trail of goodness and mercy and love and kindness, not a bad taste in someone's mouth because of my funky attitude, which I can have funky attitudes occasionally, just so that you know, and they're usually with my children and they tell me about it straight away, okay? So I'm corrected straight away. But you know, let's be people that just leave a trail. I love that, don't you? That goodness and mercy is following us all the days of our lives. He's got us covered. We just need to receive his goodness and be ministers of his goodness. Because you see, this language of love, grace, kindness, and and inclusion is actually very universal. And we pave the way for the gospel and all the connections are God, knows lies ahead. God's got connections lined up for us. He's got interactions lined up for us. In the life of people concerned, um, 
And what I love about this is, well, I'll come to this in a minute, but what if every day you woke up and said to yourself that you were going to do good to everyone who comes across your path? And even that you would actually go out of your way, that you would inconvenience yourself to do good to others? Because often we talk about making Christ known, and I'm, one of my gifts, gifts is evangelism. That's one of my top three gifts of just saying. So I love sharing stories, as you know, and I love linking God's story, my story, and, and other people's stories together. I love doing that. But if, but if that is the motivation every time we're doing something good, every time we're doing something good, it is just so that we can evangelize people, then actually we've missed, we've missed the mark. We're looking at the task before the people. So let's be people that are known for doing good, that are bringing goodness into situations that are actually difficult for people. So make a plan. Who's got plans for things? You can put your hand up at this time. Who's got plans? Gosh, most of you aren't planners. I'm really, I'm really happy about that because I'm not either. I'm not either. I'm not a big planner. But, you know, sometimes we do need to have plans. But how about making a plan to bless others? Does that sound like a plan? <laughs> you're like, oh, I'm not really sure I can do that. But how about really thinking about how you can bless others? That when you wake up in the morning, you just say to yourself, what, what can I do? Lord, who can I bless today? What can I do good? Well, right, what have I got? What, what have I got where I can bless someone? Because it could be, well, you've got a face and you've got a mouth, so you just smile at someone. Do you know what? Smiles are just such a blessing. Don't you think that? That when someone smiles at you, or if you smile at someone and they smile back, there's something so good about that, isn't there? Are you in agreement? Actually, I just have to say that most of you do not have smiles on your face, okay? So let's just get the smile on, okay? Because that's the easiest thing that we can do is to get the smile on. But, you know, what if you then said something lovely to someone? Just made a habit of saying something good. I was, I was um, on holiday this year. I managed to get a holiday, which was brilliant. And I went into a shop. Um, I was looking for something, so I was on a mission because I hate shopping. I'm, not, I'm on a mission. I'm just going to go and get my sun tan lotion, and then I'm out of here, okay? But as I was walking past, there was a lady stacking the shelves. And I, I actually did feel that God was saying to me, he, you know, he just was like, say something nice to her. And I was like, so I just went a little bit past. I thought, right, what can I say? Because I don't know her. So what can I say that's going to be nice? And, but I have to say that this particular shop, I won't mention the name of it, but it was laid out really lovely. Whereas usually this particular shop isn't laid out so nice and it's a bit untidy and you can't find what you want. Okay, that might be a clue in that, might not. But anyway, that was probably pointless. But I decided that I was going to go back to her and just say, and I just said, excuse me. And she was obviously thinking that I was going to ask her to help me find something. And I said, I just want to say that you're doing a really good job at stacking these shelves because, um, you know, these stores aren't always so well presented, so you're doing just such a good job. Thank you. It's made it so easier for me to find... Well, her face just lit up. She was valued. You know, sometimes we, we really can underestimate the power of the small thing, of the small nice act, of the small act of kindness that may seem like nothing to us, but would mean good for someone else. And I didn't say that to you so that you would, so that I'm saying, look at me, don't I do good? I'm just saying to you, 
I, as an example of how we can just do good with our mouths by just speaking good about people. Because I don't know about you, but I've sometimes encountered people where they just do not have anything good to say about anybody. And when I encounter people like that, my immediate reaction is to get as far away from them as possible. Because then they don't start doing you good, do they? Just all that talk. So let's be people that speak, that leave a good taste in people's mouth. You know, the salt that Jesus said. Let's be the salt of the earth. Let's do good. Let's be healing with our words. Let's lift people up with our words. Let's be a living message to those who don't yet know God. Do you know what? I bet if we were to ask some people, you know, people that come to church, that, and even us, you know, that have come to church, what actually kept us at church? I can honestly say myself that, would, that it wouldn't have been the preach. So I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that, that this is not going to, you know, change your life massively. Because the real change is what you do with it when you leave here. So it could change your life, but it's whether you take it on board or not. It was the people... It was the people who said lovely things to me every week, even though I was so broken. It was the people that just said something really small, like, your girls look lovely today. You've dressed them beautifully. And I'd be like, ah, because I was really struggling. You know, I was a single parent, and I was really struggling. But that word, it kept me coming. So let's be people like that, that we do good, so that goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our lives as well. You know, that they literally follow us for our benefit, but for the benefit of others. Um, So that's it. That's that's the preach for this morning on goodness. So what are you all going to be up to this week then? Sorry? Okay. Anyone else? What are you going to be up to this week? What have you got planned this week? We say that all the time, don't we? What have you got plans for this? What plans have you got for this week? (laughs) You know I love a bit of banter. Come on, give it to me before I have to... Huh? Planning, planning to bless someone. When you're on that tractor ready, over those fields, you can see God's goodness and think about ways. Actually, Eddie is so good at being good to people, actually, I have to say. I know he wouldn't say that himself, and, and actually, we're not to puff ourselves up, but there are, there are some of us that are just so good at being good to people, and there are some of us that still need to learn. And I include that. I, I include myself in that. So let's approach this week thinking about how we can be good and what it is that perhaps prevents us from receiving God's goodness and then giving it away to others. Bless you.